Some of you will remember what I'm about to say. Some will not. We used to have a radio broadcast many years ago. Many years ago. And the old ladies trio, which was Brenda Myers, Linda McKethan, and Brenda Hale, would help my dad, and we would all gather as a choir. And I can't tell you how many times we sang a song, which was the opening song for every broadcast. And it, the words were something like this. If you'll take one step toward the Lord, he'll take two steps toward you. Does anybody remember that? Let's date ourselves. Yeah, I see a few old timers here. The rest of y'all probably hadn't even discovered America yet. But that song was what we sang every beginning of every radio broadcast. I find that in the year of 2023 that there are a lot of folks that want to follow Jesus but most of them want to follow him at a distance. You cannot serve God effectively and rightly following him from a distance. It was in Luke chapter 10, and I, I'm not going to take a long time today. I'm very cognizant of the time, but I, I just feel like the Lord wants to drop a few things into our spirit today. Luke said in his writing in chapter 10 and verse 38, it came to pass as they went, they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which was also at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What Jesus was telling Martha was that I know you love me and I know you're trying to prepare a good meal and I know you want everything proper and right because I'm company and you want to make us all feel good. And Martha, that's okay, but you're careful or you're too careful and you're cumbered about with too many things. Mary has found what works. And she is at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible said she's hearing his word. So I've come to talk to you for just a few moments today on this simple subject, very simple. Just get near him. Somebody say it with me. Just get near him. You cannot serve God from afar off. You will always distance yourself even further. Here's what I find. If you get into the presence of God in close proximity, you will find there 
answers to prayers that you can't find afar off. You will find there miracles and signs and wonders that you can't find down the road somewhere. I can't tell you how many people want to be around church but not in church. I can't, there's a difference in being in the house of God and in church than there is sitting in the, in the grandstand saying, oh, that was good. Oh, that was wonderful. Let me tell you something. The reason people get answers and get miracles and get things in their life accomplished with God is because the Lord said, if you'll come near me, I'll get near you. When you start seeking my face, when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, when you start making a consecration, when you make a conscious effort to cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, I will not walk off. He said, I'm coming near you when you get near me. If I could say it in, in good old Louisiana terms, it looks to me like the Lord was just putting it in our court. He, he put the ball in our hands. You make a play. That's what he's saying. I'm here. He said, I will never leave you. Somebody texted me, I believe it was Erling Stanley this week, and asked me about the scripture and, and said, will God ever leave you? No. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I, I'll be with you always, he said, even to the end. Everybody say it with me. God is here. Come on, say it. God is here. God hadn't went anywhere. Let me tell you who goes somewhere. We who wander away and we who become as the Laodicean church in the last day. We who become cold and hard-hearted and move ourselves away from the presence of God. But let me tell you what he's doing. He's standing like the prodigal's father and he's waiting on you to get near him because if you get near him, He'll get near you. You can't hear the soft voice of God until you get near him. You can't hear the whispers of God until you get near him. You can only do what God wants you to do in your spiritual life when you get near God. I read about, I read about Jesus and Simon Peter in Matthew 26 where the Bible said, Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for I have written, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock and shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter, Peter said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, I will never be offended. And Jesus said, Here's what I got to say to you, Peter, this very night. Before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times. That's what he told him. And Peter said, Lord, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And likewise also said all the disciples. But if you read on down in verse 58, in verse 58 of that same chapter, here's what the Bible said. But Peter followed him afar off. He had great intentions. Going to church Sunday? Oh, yeah. Love church. But no, I don't want to get too close to that. You know, 
I, I don't want nobody fooling with me. I don't want to drag me down front. I, I, I don't, I'm sure Jared's not watching today, but there's a guy by the name of Jared Hoagie that used to come here. He lives down in New Orleans now. He was in the halfway house. My wife went to get him, and uh, he, he, he wouldn't come. And finally he said, okay, I'll go. And uh, Jared, Jared came to church, but he said this. He said, now, I'll go, but I ain't getting down there and acting like they act. I ain't rolling around on no floor. I ain't going to get, y'all not getting me down there to do that. Well, guess what God did? Exactly what Jared didn't want to happen. Because when God got a hold of him right over there, I want to tell you he rolled all over the floor and spoke in tongues and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God changed his life. Amen. God changed his life. But, but, but he wanted to follow God, but he didn't want to get too close to it. You see, as long as Peter was near God, he could do the right thing. He said the right words. He had good intentions. But the Bible said, but Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. He didn't want to be identified. When somebody said, oh, you're one of them, he said, no, not me. Not that, that's not me. And, and he did exactly what the Lord told him was going to do when he denied him three times before the cock began to crow in the morning. But here's what I like about Simon Peter. He was half-heartedly following God, and that was very dangerous and got him in trouble. If he had stayed close to God, he wouldn't have got in so much trouble. But here's the great thing about him. If you find the end of that story, the Bible said he sought forgiveness, and he sought it bitterly with tears. He repented before God. I'm here to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning. I don't care how far you've wandered. I don't care how much you've done. I don't care how black it seems. I don't care how impossible you may think it is. If you this morning will make an effort to get near to God, God will make an effort to get near you. Could I just talk to you for a minute? There's nothing like the closeness of the Spirit of God. Does anybody understand that when you get in a, in a prayer closet and you start getting near God and you feel the holy presence of God and you're praying by yourself and, and you're in that place of communion with God, there is no feeling like that feeling. A, a shot of drugs can't give you that feeling. A smoke of marijuana can't give you that feeling. A shot of cocaine can't give you that feeling. Let me just tell you, there's no feeling like the feeling of the presence of God because in His presence, the Bible said there's fullness of joy. You know the only hangover I wake up with when I'm in the presence of God, I wake up just saying more of you, Lord. More of you. I want you, Lord. I need the song said it today. When they started singing all of that, I thought, my God, they don't have a clue where I'm going today. But when that song said, I want you and I need you and I want to be near unto you. Is there anybody here today that understands that if you draw near to God he will draw near unto you you can't, you can't stiff arm God and be blessed 
You can't push God off. When he comes by, you got to recognize his presence. The little woman that had the issue of the blood in Matthew chapter 9, let me tell you something. When she, when she knew the master was in the crowd, she didn't try to get away from God. Let me tell you what she did. She got on her knees, no doubt, because she touched the hem of his garment. And if I understand it right, he was wearing a robe. So she had to be pretty low, but she got as low as she needed to get and crawled to where he was at and reached up and touched the hem of his garment because she needed to get near God. I can't tell you how many times in my life that I've been wandering away and doing the wrong thing and saying the wrong thing and, and finally come to my spiritual senses and say, wait a minute, God. This is not where I want to be. This is not what I want to do. This is not where I'm going in life. And I find my way back to the presence of God. I just can't tell you this morning how awesome it is that when I get alone with God and I start praising and I start repenting and I start forgiving and I start loving him when I start speaking love tones to God he starts speaking to me and I hear the voice of God because he's drawing near unto me You'll never get what you want just standing back in the crowd. you got to make an effort to touch him. Amen. If that old boy in the Bible would have been like the others in line and his friends would have been satisfied, he could have stood in that line or they could have stood in that line with him on his bed and never would you have read about a miracle of a palsied man that his friends took him up on the rooftop and tore a hole in the roof. Are you hearing me? They could have stood in line like everybody else, but they chose to get near God. And when you choose to do that, you may have to crawl. You may have to tear a roof off. You may have to do something drastic in your life. You may be a desperate person this morning. You may be here today and say, I just don't know if God will forgive me. He sent me today to tell you he will forgive you. He sent me today to tell you that he loves you no matter how bad you are. He sent me to tell you he, he's not concerned about where you've been. He's concerned about where you're going. He's not concerned about yesterday. He's concerned about right now and tomorrow and next week. Could I preach to you again that today, ladies and gentlemen, is the very first day of the rest of your life. You can get near him today. And when you can get near him, he's going to link up with you and you don't have to walk out of here with the same pain and the same struggle and the same sickness and the same heartache. You can walk out of here today with Jesus living inside of you and walking beside you and carrying you through life. I'm preaching to somebody today. It may be the whole congregation. It may be just to me. Look, I'm not, I'm not naive today. I've lived around all this all my life, literally. And there have been times that I, I felt like David. Where you at, God? Or felt like Job. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Anybody ever felt that way? In the midst of your trouble and your trial, where are you? Where's, where's God at? Where, where's God? 
Well, let me tell you something. It's not God. It's you and I. And there are times when we go through dry places. There are times that we go through trials. And there's times that, that we, we have situations in our life. And sometimes we don't even realize it, but it's separating us and putting distance between us and God. The things that happen to us sometimes, they cause distance between us and, and our God, and we don't even understand what's going on until we are afar off. And we're standing, we're watching like Peter was, and we see it happening, and we see God moving, and we're saying, Where, why, can't, why can't I get, well, let me tell you what you got to do. If you'll take one step toward the Lord, he'll take two toward you. If you'll just start getting near him, just start calling on the name that is above every name. Just say, Lord, I don't know how I got to where I'm at, but I want to be where you are, and I want to get close to you. You say, that's all so elementary, preacher. It may be, but I can't tell you how many in this room today that are following God from afar off. Here's what I come to tell you. You're going to lose out. I said it, I've said it, I've said it, I've said it, and I'll say it again on this morning. People are like automobiles when they start missing, they normally quit. And let me tell you what happens when you start drawing away from God. The devil moves in. I've been preaching about his tactics the last two Wednesday nights, and you go, you need to go hear it if you hadn't heard it. But if you start drawing back, all you got to do is start missing church. All you got to do is stop praying. All you got to do is stop reading the Word of God. All you got to do is just, just say, well, I've, I, this is more important. I preach to you on this Sunday morning nothing. It's more important important than staying close to God and staying close to the Lord and the Holy Ghost. Nothing is more important than you having a heart that is right with God. You need to feel him every day and the only way he will draw nearer to you is if you will draw near unto him. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying today. I feel the presence of God. I'm not preaching long today, but I'm preaching so truth today. And that man went up on that rooftop, and they tore the shingles off that roof. And they tore them off. And let him down right in front of Jesus. He walked out with his bed under his arm. And he wouldn't have got that unless he would have got close to the Lord. It was David that said this, but it is good for me to draw near to God. He said, it's good for me. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Again, he said in Psalms 145, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call him in truth. Isaiah said, he said this, and this is what I want to tell you. You can't just do it with your mouth. You've got to do it with everything that's in you. The Lord in Isaiah said, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. He's saying, I hear you, but I don't see you doing it. I know what you're saying, but you're not doing what you're saying. I wonder how many today in this room would say, oh, I love you, Lord, I love you. Let me tell you, I got to preaching about the love of God a few 
Sundays ago, two or three months ago, I had some people leave the church because they said, I don't believe it that hard. I don't know what you believe, but I still believe the scripture that said you ought to love the Lord. With all, it's a commandment. you got to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I'll go to my grave preaching that nothing can come before God. Nothing should stand before you in the Lord. When it dies, you're following him for a far off. Here's what Isaiah said. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. So let us draw near unto the Lord. The true heart of full assurance, Paul said, of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you will draw near Jesus, he'll get close to you. Let me tell you something, there's nothing like being friends with the Lord. I got a lot of people I can confide in. I got true friends in this world. And you know this, if you've been around here very long, Terry Creek Moore is probably the very best friend I have in this world and has been for 50 years. And every day, people will be riding with me, Chase will tell you, others have been in the truck, phone will ring, I'll say just to Memphis Creek, and I'll punch the button on my phone. And he just starts talking. He don't say, hello, how are you today? What's going on? He just starts talking. He may talk for two minutes, and I'm saying, yeah, yeah, well, this, that, that, that. All right, later. Boom. Now, that hurt my feelings with a lot of people, but not with him because he's a true friend. And I know, I know that. He's a true friend, but he's not a friend to me that Jesus is. I gave my wife a card this morning, and it said, you're my true friend. And she's my best friend in this whole world. But she's not a friend to me that Jesus is. Because let me tell you about Jesus. He knows everything about me. He knows my shortcomings. He knows things you don't know about me. He knows every thought that processes through my brain. He knows everything, everywhere, every thought. He knows everything. And yet, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, I love you anyway. And so when I start struggling, I realize that I've moved away from my best friend, my dearest friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our grief and pain to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to him in prayer. You know what I'm preaching to you today. And I'm preaching to people in this room today. I'm, I'm not accusing you, but I know life. And I know what it does to people. And I know what's going on. And I watch some of you as, as you struggle. And you're, you're maybe going through hardships and tough times. And, and, and you, may, you may not even understand why you're where you are. And you're saying, God, why? Why? But I'm here to tell you today. He sent me to tell you on a Sunday morning. I, I'm not even going to tell you how I got where I'm at today preaching. But I will tell you this. It don't happen often like it happened to me this morning. I knelt down to pray. This is odd. God's honest truth. I preached along these lines. And I didn't know how long ago it was. 
but it's been a long time. Matter of fact, 2006. And the Lord said to me, get up. Y'all ain't going to believe this. And he said, pull out sermon notes from 2006. And I got up. And I reached over on my shelf. And I thumbed through all. The, I got books and books and books of sermons. Chase is trying to lay claim on them right now. I got, I got thousands of sermons. But I pulled out 2006. Well, there was two volumes. There was a January through June, and there was a July through December. And I said, which one? He said, January through June. And I picked it up, and I turned right to what I was looking for. And the Lord said, that's what I want them to hear today. If they'll draw near me, I'll draw near them. Now, you believe what you want to. That's the way God worked on me this morning. And so I know I'm standing right in the presence of God and in the middle of the will of God. And there's people here today that you're like Simon Peter. You love the Lord, but you're following from afar off. You, Peter, you're not going to convince me Peter didn't love Jesus. You're not going to convince me that Peter didn't want to follow him or he had just left totally and completely. He didn't. He just backed off a little bit because he, was, he had fear and he was afraid. But when he was following God from afar off is when he got himself in trouble. And I'm here to tell somebody on this morning, don't get in trouble. Don't fall away by the wayside. Don't be one of those that lose your way because if you will draw near today to him, he will draw very near to you. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Very simple today. Very simple today. I'm just a simple preacher, but listen to me right now. If you're in this room today, I, as a matter of fact, I'll be the first one in the altar. Because I find myself at sometimes on a daily basis. Get up, start my day, Brother Tony, just doing 110 miles an hour, trying to get everything done, going here, going there. And suddenly I realize, hey, it's not what I need to be doing today. I need to move close to him today. When I shut everything down, it happens, it happens to me often because I can't stand to sit around. I can't stand to be still. I, that's just not me. I, I can't stay in this office for so long. They'll tell you I got to get up and go. I can't. I just can't do it. And I, I like to be going, but when I get so busy that I've left God out of my agenda, and God says, "Hey, wait a minute," I find myself on a daily basis, sometime following God from afar off, and I have to stop and rein my mind back in and rein my heart back in. And remember that if I just get near him, I can hear his voice. If I just get near him, if I just get near him. Who would join me in this altar while the singers sing today and say, Lord, I just want to get near you today. I just need to get near you this morning. I need to hear your whispers. I need to feel your heartbeat. I need to touch the hem of your garment. I need God to hear you today. I need, I need you to speak to me right now. I need to feel the nearness of your presence. I need to feel your nearness today.